is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Let's hit the waiver wire. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Team. A waiver wire Tuesday show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Fantasy Football Today. Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath on Tuesday. October 9th, and we're going to give you our top waiver wire priorities. There are going to be some Eagles running backs on there. You better believe it, including a 10% Wendell Smallwood. Guys, before we get into the waiver wire, what happened to Alvin Kamara? What a terrible game. Nine touches and, what, 39 total yards. Good math, Adam. Bad game. What happened to Alvin Kamara? Are we worried? Why didn't you start with the welcome back music? Like, Let's focus on the positive. Mark Ingram is here. Wow, Focus on the positive. Right. Drew Brees just set an amazing he's NFL right. record. I missed my opportunity. I missed my Traquan opportunity. Traquan Smith established himself, put himself on the map. But no, we're just going to focus on the doom and gloom. Uh, what Alvin Kamara. It was wow. a bad game script. I, I, I am not any – my opinion on what's going to happen with Alvin Kamara the rest of the season did not change because of this game. The script was let's get Ingram involved early, and then it was a kill-the-clock game in the fourth quarter. I don't think Kamara is going to be as good in games where they have two score leads in the fourth quarter. Do you ever leave a hot blackjack table? No. I tell you what, I am red hot. I I think I had my best fantasy week ever this week. Right. I believe I went sixteen and one. So you're not going to wow. go. And Are you stop. serious? You're not going to stop playing fantasy now. You went sixteen and one. That's pretty good. That is extremely good. I, How'd you do in daily? Nobody got it. I don't uh, get it. Sixteen and one. Oh, that you're such a, you know what, like. <laughs> That's good. Wow. Oh, that was the score of the baseball game? Good job, Heath. But you didn't go 16 and 1, you loser. No. No, but the Red Sox did. What how, I'm saying. No, the Royals did, if I, as I recall. Um, Ingram was hot, Adam. Yeah, so but you know what here? Riding him. One other Fresh thing on, uh. Back. He really wasn't hot. They didn't exactly run the ball very well. It was, I think, part of it is they've given Kamara a lot of work over the last four games. They have their bye week coming up. It was easy to lean on the other guy and just get Kamara through the game, not have any injury concern, and he'll be fine in week six, week seven. Uh, Kamara also did have a lot of involvement near the end zone. Second quarter, they had first and ten from the 11 yard line. He was in. He caught a pass for seven yards. He stays in the game on second and third down. On third down, Washington gets a stop, but they're called for defensive holding. Now it's first and goal from the one, and here's Mark Ingram, and he comes in. And Drew Brees actually threw a touchdown to Josh Hill on that play. Later in the second quarter, first and goal from the eight, Kamara was in. Taysom Hill was the quarterback. Hill carries it down to like the two-yard line. Here comes Mark Ingram, and he gets the next two carries, and he gets a goal line touchdown. Third quarter, Kamara got a carry on first and goal from the four, but the play was called back on a legal formation, and he didn't score. Um, so he had some opportunities, but if you go back to last year, it's not surprising that when they got like super duper close to the end zone, it was Ingram because he had more of those types of carries last year. Um, all right, so they got a buy coming up, and we'll talk more about that game a little bit later. I want to ask you your waiver wire priorities, but it's going to have to start with the Eagles running back situation. And J.J. is out for the year with a torn ACL. Corey Clement practiced in full. They are at the Giants this week, which is a solid matchup. The Giants have allowed nine or more fantasy points in non-PPR to a running back in all five games. Twelve or more in non-PPR in four or five games. They also are struggling in the passing game against running backs. Three receiving touchdowns allowed. It's a short week. Uh, all right, who do you want, Clement or Smallwood, and where's Sproles in the equation? 
Well, Sproles is going to be a distant third in the equation because we don't know when he's going to be back from his injury. I like Smallwood uh, a little bit better than Clement because uh, really just because he's a little bit more physical than Clement. Here's the deal. Philadelphia is going to use them both, and they're going to use them both a lot. Even Ajay, when he was healthy, didn't have any more than maybe 51% of the snaps when he was playing. They like using multiple backs. It's nice that they're down to three. They're down to four. One of them's hurt. That's Sproles. The other one is this undrafted player named Josh Adams who um, has had moments, certainly in the preseason he did, but I don't think he's going to be a big factor. You're going to see a lot of Smallwood and a lot of Clement. It's probably going to be situational based on who's on the field when. They can both do a lot of the same things, but I think Smallwood's just got the edge when it comes to A, health, he's healthier, and B, size. So, And he's more available. He's out there in 90% of leagues. So give me Wendell. Okay. One vote for Smallwood for Dave. <clears throat> Heath, Jamie? Yeah, I, I can't disagree with anything Dave said. It's nice to have a running back that's 90% available that everybody wants to add. Agree. And he's the must get. Like I, I, it's been a long time since we've had a must add. And we've got another one waiver on a different running team. back. Yes, I agree. Oh, do we? All right. So why don't we go into our? Oh, priorities. and he's such a fantastic back. Who? Alf. It's Alf. Alf. You've got to. You got to go get Alf. He's back. He's yeah, but but Brita might not miss that much time. I. He's going to be must start this week, and Brita's been hurt almost every single game this year. Yep. It's true. It's it's over for him to be the featured back in San Francisco. When he's healthy, it's going to end up being kind of what it'll be in Philadelphia, 50-50 split. There's also Mike. It's actually not a bad week for uh, running backs. Now, that's I, I don't know that any of these guys are going to be stars, except other other than the ones we're talking about. They have great potential, uh, at least this week. But if you are just looking for some potential or maybe someone who can get you like six points – it seems like one of the better running back waiver wire weeks that we've had. Oh, I think we have like six startable running backs on the waiver wire this week. It's phenomenal. So how much fab for your favorite running back? What percentage? I think you gotta get him. If, if you're desperate for running back help, you gotta get him. I'd go with at least 30%. For Clement would be your number one priority? No, small I mean, small would, would be small my number one. I'm really having a hard time, not with the Smallwood clinics. I'm I'm going to stick with Smallwood. I'm I kind of want Elf. You can get them both. You can't. You well, no. I don't. I think there's going to be some teams that spend over fifty percent on these guys. Combined? No. On one? Yes. Of course. Yeah. If you're desperate for wins, you have to. I I think you'll see some sixty and seventy percent bids. But uh, I mean, is that a big mistake? Since we're talking about committee guys here. Yes. But people look for week six. You got to look at Smallwood as the better of, of the two guys. Week seven, it could be we come out of this saying, "Wow, Clement was ahead of him on the depth chart for a reason, and he's healthy now, and he's back to being the guy there." So it, it's it's risky. And then there's still the opportunity for them, as they showed last year, they were aggressive in making a trade to get JHI. They could be aggressive in making a trade to get Le'Veon Bell for what it's worth. So uh, I don't know if come week ten we're saying. Smallwood or Clement is the best running back to Philadelphia. Then let me bring this up about the Eagles. Cause this week, you know, you'll start him. You'll start Smallwood. If Clement plays, we'll, we'll discuss it. But, and he's just, he's gonna play. He's gonna play. So, uh, most likely. But after that, look at the schedule. It's, it's tough, potentially. Carolina, get Thomas Davis back. They could be tough. They always, usually are. At Jacksonville, then a bye. 
Dallas could have Sean Lee at that point, you would think. At New Orleans, clearly one of the better run defenses in the NFL. So it's not an enticing schedule coming up. What does that mean for you? How do you weigh that in with the Eagles running backs and their outlook? I'm just, I'm looking for a running back that I can start each week at this point. Yeah, we're not, like, schedule does matter. I'm not saying it's irrelevant, but, like, if you're making a big move to go get one of these guys, it's because your running backs are in dire straits. Sure. And so I don't think you can let that really have much of an impact. You need a starting running back. It's also, if you're under 500, you need to win now. And so, again, just a short week, Smallwood looks like the best of the group. Followed by Morris, followed by Clement. You know, just in terms of what they can give you. Maybe Davis is, as well. If, if Dalvin Cook's out, you have Latavius Murray also. So, uh, you, you need to spend because, I mean, what are you holding the money for? What are you holding your fab yeah. money for? Well, exactly. Exactly. If, if you if lose, you need it, right. And, you, and your season's over, you know, you don't need it for week 10. So are you willing to drop Alex Collins, Kenyon Drake, um, a Tennessee running back, a Jets running back, maybe? I know they're coming off a good game, but they've been frustrating. Uh, for Smallwood or Clement or, or Morris. I'm probably not dropping those guys for him. In a 10 team league, if, again, if you need just to win now, yes. Several of them. And in a 12 team league, I think you can get rid of the Tennessee guys too. I hate to say it, but they went to Buffalo and they couldn't get anything going. It's over. Okay. And I also want to point out that if even, like, obviously the teams that are bad and are desperate for a running back are going to make a play for those guys, but the teams who are good should make a play for them too. A, because you don't know what Smallwood could end up being. He could end up being the best pickup off waivers this year. I, the problem and I additionally, have... it's trade bait. And if, let's just say you're five and oh, you haven't spent a dime on fab or very little on fab. This is a chance for you to really drop the hammer on the rest of your league and make your team even more potent for the rest of the year. The, the, yeah. He, so he's going to be super popular. He is. I, I know you answered this, but, but why are we, why are we convinced that it's Smallwood and not Corey Clement? I'm not. I think it's just, honestly, for me, it's this week, I think Smallwood is the better of the two. Long term, I would not be surprised if Clement is better than Smallwood because he was better than Smallwood coming into the season. Smallwood was the guy they thought about cutting. So yeah, he's, but he's he played, stepped up. He's played very well. Yes. But so did Clement before he got hurt. And so it's going to be a frustrating tandem. They're going to split time. Then Sproul's going to come back. That's going to make it even more frustrating. So for this week, that's that. I would only approach it this week as Smallwood is the better of the two. And then just see what happens. Smallwood could be better the rest of the year. Very easily could be the case. But Clement was the guy. We talked about him as a sleeper. He played great that week two game when Ajayi was banged up and, and Sproles got hurt. He played okay in week three and then he got hurt. And so Smallwood in, in the small touches that he's got, he's played well. He's averaged six yards per carry. He's caught uh, 10 of 15 targets. But Clement was also doing basically the same thing. 4.2 yards per carry. So it was a little bit less, but he also didn't play with Wentz. So I, I don't think it's a, it's a stretch by any means that Clement is Three weeks from now, we're saying what Dave just said. Clement was the running back pickup of the year. Well, I was actually saying that about Smallwood. No, but I'm saying that. But you could say three, Clement could be that guy too? That's just what I said. Yeah. Sure. All right. I, I wasn't sure what you heard me say. Uh, I, no, I, like I just, him. I like the fact that Smallwood and Clement can do basically the same things. And we've seen it. Smallwood is a much better pass catcher than he's been. They can both average a nice number on handoffs. And they're in a really good Philadelphia offense. Wish that line would play a little bit better. But they're, uh. Line's been bad. Yeah. It's been that's, bad. It's it definitely has. an issue. But at least they can make up for it a little bit with their receiving game. Uh, yeah. I, I, far, I definitely have the feeling that by and large they're going to end up being like the Falcons running backs where you're just not going to know which one does what. And what role they'll have. I mean, Clement has been more involved in the passing game, but that's been without Sproles. 
So Sproul, I don't know that anybody wants Sproles right now. He's fifteen percent owned, and I don't think you want him in a not in a non PPR league. But he might get you five catches a game or so. I mean, that's a lot. But he might get you five catches. He two he out of three be, games. If if you just look at it, just from a, a, a an easy comparison, because we'll talk about him in a minute, is Jalen Richard. Right. Scored at least eleven PPR points in three of five games. I mean, Sproles could do that. And how about Naeem Hines? You know, it's the same kind of right. Situation, right. except Hines is usually playing from behind, which helps, but, um, I'm not sure the Eagles won't be in a terrible, terrible division, it seems. Um, alright, so those are the Eagles running backs, we'll get more into that later. We also have Alfred Morris, who we're very interested in. Um, I'm gonna say Greg Olson, he's 72% owned, he's not 65 or fewer, but Greg Olson, it, who's a bigger priority, a, a running back or Greg Olson? I mean, you've got a guy that we were drafting as maybe a top five tight end that's available in 28% of leagues. If you see Clement, Smallwood, Morris, and Greg Olson out there. Does it just depend on team, or or is there an easy answer here to who's number one? I think it's the running backs. I'm a little worried about Olson in his first game back. And also there's another tight end who's going to be very good for the next month and better this week. That's only 27% on. That's Cameron Brait. That is Cameron Brait. Um, other other waiver wire parties. I, I think this is going to be one of those week, those nights where I'm spending like an hour and a half setting my waiver claims. Last couple weeks I haven't really felt that way. Tonight there's a lot of guys I want to get, a lot of wide receivers. Um, who who are you guys going to be prioritizing? Well, I mean, there's there's one quarterback that stands head and shoulders above the rest, and like I write the streaming column every Tuesday, and I'll be writing it this afternoon, and it's hard to find the number two and number three streaming quarterback, for me at least, but Jameis Winston is still only owned in 49% of leagues. He has a matchup with the worst or second worst, but probably the worst defense in the NFL. He's going to be awesome. Run and get him like you're trying to get your hands on some crab legs. <laughs> and steal him from your waiver wire, and Chris Godwin is like 50% owned, or less, little less than 50% owned. Mm-hmm. That's another guy I'm going to be looking at. Yep. Uh, anything else? Anything else? Mohamed Sanu. He's been very wow. good the last three games. And he has the, I think that, I think his opponent is, oh, this Tampa Bay, right? I don't know if they give up yep. the most fantasy points to the wide receivers, but they're uh, terrible. They're 31st. Okay. Who's number, who's, Steelers maybe? Uh, his, his Falcons. Falcons, there it is. Alright, a lot of points, <laughs> a lot of wide receiver production there. What about Robbie Anderson game. for a one-week fix? I don't have much interest in him. Uh, I love the Colts. matchup against Indy. I think he can have another big touchdown catch. Yeah, he's like the sixth or seventh receiver for me. He he could. There's boom-bust potential there, but that, he could get four targets and catch two balls for 20 yards as well. Could. We'll also be looking at Marquez Valdez-Scantling in shallower leagues. We'll be looking at Tyler Lockett, and Cameron Brait was mentioned. Not sure it's a great week for DST. But um, we'll uh, we'll talk about oh, that. Oh, get the Packers. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, all right. Get the Packers. Packers get facing Seattle San thing. Francisco. Yeah, just Seattle's defense stinks. So does Oakland's offense. Oakland's offense stinks? Would, Oakland's how dare offense you? Is so up and down. How that was, dare that you? That was my softball for Heath. Derek this is not Hall. true. I mean, they're middle of the pack in fantasy points allowed to, to DSTs. Um, but the problem is... The, the teams that are the absolute worst, um, again, like give up the most points to DSTs are facing opponents that have DSTs that are widely owned. Like, so, so you know, that's, that's just the problem. Like the Texans actually are, I think are 74% owned and they get the Bills. So that could be one, uh, that you look at. But if they're not owned, you know, you can't get the best streamers because blah, blah, blah. I don't make any sense. Uh, and it's, I think it's <laughs> tough to answer fab questions. 
as you get later in the season because it really you don't have a full budget anymore. But people are gonna go big. And Dave said like thirty thirty percent of your fab budget on Smallwood or Clement or whatever. Like if you put thirty dollar bid on Smallwood, would you would you getting him? Would you put a thirty dollar bid on Clement too, or twenty five, or what? I just I don't think it's reason. And maybe there will be some leagues where you can, but I don't think most leagues that's going to get it done. Really? You think right. most, you think there'll be somebody in every league that just goes 70% hog wild on Wendell Smallwood. Do you know I cut him in one of my leagues on Saturday? Yes, you did. And I was going to pick him up and I didn't. So, so screw you, Dave, for not helping me. Screw me. You should screw have screw for tearing his ACL. Yeah, it's true. Um, and you know, I would say that like starting Darren Sproles in a non PPR league is probably not smart and relying on Frank Gore as your RB2 rest of season, not smart using a job site that sends you tons of the wrong resumes to sort through. That is not smart people, but there is a smart choice going to ziprecruiter.com slash FFT to hire the right person. That is smart. ZipRecruiter is awesome. Our listeners who have used ZipRecruiter have emailed me, tweeted me, and said, this is great. Thank you for the recommendation. So if you need to make a hire, it can be a really difficult process. ZipRecruiter makes it so easy for you. ZipRecruiter finds candidates for you. And that's why ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S. It uses its powerful matching technology to scan thousands of resumes, identify the people with the right skills, the right education, and the right experience for your job. And then ZipRecruiter finds those people and actively invites them to apply. So you're going to get qualified candidates, and you're going to get them fast. You can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. ZipRecruiter. Smartest way to hire. Got a lot of news and notes. Let's get to it. Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup have a chance to play this week. Wonderful. If they don't play this week, should the Jared Goff owner sit Jared Goff at Denver and make uh, alternate plans? I mean, if Jameis is out there, you can go get him. There's no other quarterback that's available in even 30% of leagues that I would start over Goff. Okay, uh, we got Aaron Rodgers, who came away from Sunday. I mean, he's going to play, but he had more knee soreness. So that is discouraging, at least in my opinion, because I was pretty encouraged by his health. And now, ugh. I, I, like, yeah, I would expect he's going to have knee soreness after every game this year. Uh, Adrian Peterson dislocated his shoulder. He only played two snaps in the second half. They got Carolina coming up. Chris Thompson hurt his ribs. We haven't talked about some, uh, some AJP, right? We did last week. He picked him up in a couple of our deeper leagues. Yeah, I did. I beat the waiver wire. You, you knew. You did mention him and beat the waiver wire. Nice work. Uh, is, is anybody looking to pick him up with both Redskins running backs getting hurt in this game last night? Nope. They're playing Carolina with Thomas Davis coming back. The, yeah, it's not a good matchup at all. Um, he's the consolation prize to the consolation prize. Plus we so don't he know. would be third, fourth behind the Eagles running backs and Alfred Morris? Maybe fifth or sixth. Ed Peterson thinks he's going to play, Eight. so we don't know. I don't know what's up with Chris Thompson. Uh, Paul Richardson left with a knee injury last night. Saints cornerback Marshawn Lattimore left with a concussion as he goes into the bye week. Matt Breida has a mid-ankle sprain. He's doubtful for this week's game at Green Bay on Monday night. Baltimore could go running back by committee. Could go? Uh, well, what, look, what are they doing? They, they, uh, you know what happened. John Harbaugh talked about giving the possibility of doing exactly what they've done for the entire season. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, but extending it for the entire season, it's not like it was good news for Alex Collins' owners. Um, and the Steelers, according to the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, it was more like speculation they could go more of a committee when Le'Veon Bell returns, if he returns. And Mike McCarthy will not commit to more work for Aaron Jones, which is in a way. Would you drop Aaron Jones for an Eagles running back? I would not. No. But I would drop Jamal Williams or Ty Montgomery. Yes. Yes. Uh, Green Bay is sticking with Mason Crosby. Leonard Fournette is expected to miss this week's game at Dallas. Austin Safarian Jenkins is on IR. Jacksonville could be on its third straight left tackle, a uh, third string left tackle. Jacksonville guard Andrew Norwell is playing through a foot injury and center Brandon Linder is playing through a knee injury. This team is extremely banged up. Evan Ingram has a chance to play this week. It seems unlikely as they have Philadelphia on Thursday, but Ingram has a chance to play. He's like 73% owned, something like that. Um, Darius Leonard, Indianapolis linebacker, expected to play this week. That's great for you IDPers. And Buster Screen, Jets cornerback, left with a concussion on Sunday. He's actually Tremaine Johnson's replacement, so they're going to be thin at cornerback if he doesn't play against the Colts. Denver cornerback Adam Jones has a leg injury. Do you expect the following players? Lamar Miller against Buffalo. Yes. I expect him to be active. I don't expect him to start. Hey, Alfred Blue's another guy you could pick up. Dalvin Cook against Arizona. Nope. Uh, Marlon Mack at the Jets. He's practicing, but he practiced last week and he was inactive. So no reason to think he's going to play at this point. Marlon Mack, 62% on T.Y. Hilton at the Jets. Same thing. Let's see if he practices first. I don't expect him. They're talking about this being uh, a multi-week injury. How about Randall Cobb and Geronimo Allison Monday night? I think Allison probably plays. We're not ranking him yet because of protocol, but I don't expect Cobb. How about George Kittle? George yeah, I would Kittle. expect George to play. Well, he okay. left the game with a knee injury, so hopefully he's okay. And Greg Olson. Hopefully. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, quick, I'd like for him to play, have they get the rest game off so then he can be good next week. Quick sneak peek at the waiver wire. Some quarterbacks <laughs> that we're going to be talking about? Jameis. Jameis? Uh, Jamie, ba- who, who ba- Baker Mayfield. Yeah, maybe not so much for this week, but, but after. Uh-huh. That schedule. So I wouldn't necessarily run away from this week, though. Chargers do allow the ninth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Then it's at Tampa Bay, at Pittsburgh, Kansas City, and Atlanta. Are you serious? Baker Mayfield. Um, running back, who else are we going to be talking about? Mike Davis? Um, Hines? Yep, Alfred Blue, Frank Gore, Deontay Foreman. How about Foreman. Deontay Foreman? Yep. All right, some players to, to be stashing or starting. Uh, like why I always say there's always running backs available on the waiver wire. <laughs> <laughs> wide receiver. Wide receiver. MVS. MVS. Robbie. Uh, Godwin. Sanu. Oh. Kiki QT. Traquan. Traquan Smith. That's another one. Mm, bye week and again we'll be back though. Hey, how are we feeling about... I feel I, I'm mad at myself for for letting you guys talk me into Michael Thomas over Antonio Brown rest of season. I'm mad at myself for it. Yeah, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Who would you guys take rest of season, Antonio Brown or Michael Thomas? Brown. Brown. I'll stick with Thomas. All right. Good good conviction. Thomas will be fine. Uh, What else? Uh, tight end. Who are we looking at at tight end other than Cameron Brait? There are a lot of good options at tight end. I'm going to say a name that's not on the list. 
but Niles Pohl. Mm-hmm. Austin's Fran Jenkins out for a while. Looks like he'll be the believe he had top nine, tight end there. I believe he had nine targets against the Chiefs. Everybody had nine targets against the Chiefs. <laughs> uh, not D.D. Westbrook. True. How about save the drama for C.J. Uzama? Nice. Uh, yeah, there's Schirmer also Hooper going against the best matchup. Tampa Bay allows the most fantasy points to quarterback, uh, to tight ends. I believe. If I think not, it's to quarterbacks. Yeah, I saw that. I think I may have screwed that, but I think it might be tight ends as well, but let's take a look. Did I screw that up? Adam, did you screw that up? Well, no, you, had, you, you didn't. The, you, had the, you had the Vance McDonald play. That probably helped. The Buccaneers do allow the most <laughs> fantasy points to tight ends. I win. Um, and, uh, Jeff Swaim actually led the Cowboys in receiving on Sunday night with three catches for 55 yards. So I don't know if there are great options out there, but there are options. DSDs, we talked about the Packers, the Seahawks, there's also the Cowboys, the Texans. And, uh, any IDP guys for you? You gotta get, uh, Ward. You gotta get Denzel Ward if he's available. Ask me in five minutes on the IDPs. Alright Dave, I will ask you in five minutes. In the meantime, let's preview New, or let's recap New Orleans 43, Washington 19. Uh, Jamie, what are your thoughts on the Redskins offense going forward? Punt. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's what they did in the game. Jordan Reed is the only one that you could feel comfortable with. If Thompson and Peterson are hurt, you missed your sell-high window on Peterson because there's no more bye weeks, there's no more rest, there's no more opportunities where you can feel comfortable starting him as anything more than a flex, depending on what the week we're talking about. But uh, just as a blanket statement, I think that's where he'll fall. And Thompson, I think, will still have some value in PPR, but this receiving court just stinks. You know, uh, I thought without Doxon playing and what slot receivers had done against the Saints that Jameson Crowder would have a big day. Uh, he led them in receiving, and it was just another mediocre performance. So um, Alex Smith is droppable easily. Uh, all these receivers are droppable. And you may not have Thompson or Peterson in week six, and so we'll see what that happens. But I have no interest really in P. Ryan or Bibbs if those are the replacement options. Okay, that's well well said. Jordan Reed, though, I mean, he's like, No. One catch for 21 <laughs> yards on two targets. It's terrible. He's really having a bad year. I mean, he's having a bad year. Vernon Davis got more targets for him and caught more passes, and I think he played more snaps in the first half. In the second half, Reed was in more. There were a lot of plays where both of them were in. I, I don't understand it. I don't know if this is just like Alex Smith remembers his glory days with Vernon Davis in San Francisco, and so he's looking to him first or what it is, but I hate the whole Jordan Reed situation. And I don't feel comfortable starting him this week. I'm going to have him in the top 12, but I don't like it. I mean, I guess there's certainly potential for better. Look, Smith has a good track record with tight ends. He's probably the most talented receiver on the team. They've got to get him the ball. And sometimes guys just have bad starts. So as a Jordan Reed owner in several leagues, I don't want to drop him, but I'm certainly sitting him for Eric Ebron. I'd better start Cameron Bright this week. Agreed. Uh, for the Saints. So, do you think that they will, okay, like, Drew Brees had an amazing game, but he only threw 29 passes. He completed 26 of them. Did we get a glimpse into life with Mark Ingram in this game, or, or no? You know, cause like, Brees with 29 pass attempts, that's really low. Uh, Kamara with a very, very reduced role. Taysom Hill is going to be a pain in the butt. For all of the Saints that you own, if he starts taking, continues to take goal line carries away, um, did, did we get a peek into what what it's going to be like with Ingram back? I mean, maybe, but 
you you mentioned the schedule coming up. I don't think they're going to have the luxury of you know just doing whatever they want to and playing with such a lead against some of those teams that are clearly better than Washington. Yeah. So I don't I don't know if I mentioned it, but I, they have a buy. You that, did. You you said you said it. I think in regard to um, Ingram or Camara, one of the two. Okay. Yeah. This was I, well. This I'm was sorry. A bit let me a... let me give the schedule again. Buy at Baltimore, at Minnesota, Rams, at the Bengals, then the Eagles. That's their next six weeks. Go ahead, Heath. This was a bit of a freebie for the Drew Brees owner because if you had told me he was going to throw 29 passes against Washington, I would have assumed that he wasn't going to be very good in fantasy. I do think – I think this was an exaggerated glimpse. Like this is not what we're going to get, uh, but it shows you the floor in terms of pass attempts for Brees and touches for Alvin Kamara. It's interesting. So do you think it's a good time to sell Drew Brees or would you be afraid to do that since he's been just incredible this year? I think it's a bad time to sell him because he has a buy. I, it's a I great know. time to sell him because he has a buy. It's a great time to sell him because he has a buy. It's a great year to sell him because people are you paying can more for quarterbacks him. on buys now. Heath, it, well, I mean, this you comes down to the usual. You'll thing. worry about what the other person's doing. You sell him. Well, right. I, I'm worried about what I'm going to get for him. Right. Well, I mean, so it's easier to trade for a quarterback you can use this week. You're only selling him if you're getting something great for him. And I'll just go back to a point that I've made a million times, which is not everybody plays in a league with us. And there's a lot of people that see what Drew Brees has done, and they're going to go, "Ooh, that would look good on my fantasy team." I'll give you, you know, an amazing running back or a good running back and a good wide receiver for him. And replacing Drew Brees, while in, I mean, you would take number wise, take Brees, you're going to take a hit. You take you take Galladay for Brees, wouldn't you? They're both oh yeah, I would take Galladay for Brees. I mean, I I think that's a fair deal. I'm not saying you shouldn't trade him because he's got a buy. I'm saying you generally don't get as much trading a guy that's on a buy. I okay, so so take the buy out of the equation and. I mean, this is kind of what I was talking about last week with our Mahomes discussion on the Wednesday show. Drew Brees is the number two quarterback in fantasy right now. Kenny Galladay is a wide receiver. Um, and he's great. But is it really that easy of a call to give up the number two quarterback in fantasy for a wide receiver? I mean, yes. I, happily, I don't know. I'm not with, I'm not quite there with. Well, I mean, there's the same conversation we had last Wednesday. I know. If, that's what I'm saying. If, I still have, I still not. If you're getting agreeing. a, uh, a, Equally good receiver to what Breeze is as a quarterback, you make that trade in a heartbeat. I don't and know. I, I, I would say that Galladay as a receiver is as good as Drew Breeze as quarterback. Mike, I think my question, Adam, would be because like if you looked at it last week and said we've got these four or five quarterbacks that are scoring thirty fantasy points a game, I don't want to give that up. And you look at those four or five quarterbacks this week, two thirds of them were awful uh-huh. in terms of fantasy production. This okay, week. well, Adam, let me ask you this because this is the, based on the ownership. If you could trade Drew Brees for pick a player and pick up Jameis Winston, so trading Brees to get starter, capable starter, quality starter, superstar, whatever the level you're giving up Brees for, it's one for one or in a package deal. Yeah. And then just and then just pivot to a guy who could be, you know, seventy five percent of what Brees is. Yeah, I mean, yes, I I would do that. The thing is, I also feel like. Breeze is not going to be the number two quarterback in fantasy going forward. I well, think, that's the that's the biggest part of it. Yeah, but right, so that's the thing. Like that's why I'm asked about the sell high because I I don't if he's throwing he's not going to throw 29 passes, but if he throws 35 passes, yeah, but he's the same thing with be, Mahomes. Mahomes is not going to continue to produce at the level he's been producing. So that's why you're that. selling high on no, on those guys. I know, but I I still I guess I've always sort of felt like the the elite quarterbacks are more valuable than you guys think they are. But all right, that's, who, who are the elite quarterbacks? Uh, to me, they are Mahomes, Rodgers, Roethlisberger. 
Brady? I don't know oh, about come on. in a four point per passing touchdown league. I'm not sure about that, but six, yes. Well, he's just as good as Roethlisberger. You should be. I would rather have Roethlisberger than Brady in a four point for passing touchdown league. Roethlisberger is running more. I mean, they're the same. Uh, Brady's better. A better player, yeah. I don't know about he's better, better fantasy, fantasy quarterback. I mean, he hasn't been this year. We're already sour on Cam and Deshaun, by the way. I just you don't can know say they're that they're a step below if you want. But, in this but Watson not in four point for passing touchdowns. He's he's amazing. Yeah, Watson in four point is definitely a same lead. with Cam. And Matt Ryan. I mean, I want to say it, but I got to see him have a good game on the road. I don't know. I don't know. It's not like the, it's not like the other positions are so. I think I think well, look part, part of it is um, would you put luck in there too? I think luck is. Um. Uh, no, because he's throwing a hundred and. 20 passes the last but two that's, weeks. That's part of it, though. He's not going to throw 60 passes a game. Like I, I can guarantee you that. Probably going to throw 45. Yeah, he is. And and if he threw 45, he'd be good. He'd be good to very good. He wouldn't be elite. I, I think part of it, though, is you, you're coming. we are collectively coming off of a week where the streamers let us down. The streaming And a lot of quarterbacks let us down. Yeah. A lot of the elite, elite guys did. I know. It, like, it was – look, last week, I think – I thought the felt, elite guys were actually fairly good. Well, the guys that were top, yes, the guys that had been bad so far were good. The guys that we didn't, like Rogers is yeah. elite, yeah. but we didn't have him ranked in our top five quarterbacks. The guys we had ranked in the top no, five. No, but you're ones. starting Rogers every week though. That's, that would be the point. You're, you're starting, you know, maybe yes. outside of Russell Wilson, so, you're starting those other guys every week. Last week felt a lot like a 2017 week to me. Last week was the first week where it felt like we escaped the craziness of 2018, the bonanza of 2018 and went back to the Costanza, not the normal, of the normal fantasy football weeks. So it felt like to me anyway. Um, and that's probably an anomaly. Uh, I assume we'll get more scoring going forward. All right, Houston 19, Dallas 16. Another overtime game. DeAndre Hopkins, all those spin moves. 151 yards, very impressive. Um, yeah, what's your takeaway here about Alfred Blue, Dave? I thought he did a terrible job rushing the football, averaging a little more than two yards per carry. But he had eight catches, eight targets, eight catches for 73 yards. Completely unexpected and really different. Like you don't, you'd never saw Deshaun Watson leaning on his running backs so much in the passing game like he did in this one. And sure, plenty of checkdowns, short passes, dumps, stuff like that. They but they, they, they can't they, block it all. They, they didn't do that for Lamar Miller. Like that's exactly what you're supposed to do with Lamar Miller. They didn't do it with him, but they did it with Alfred Blue. It's mystifying. It's another bad running run defense fantasy wise without Sean Lee there. Yeah, and I feel like or I'll defense look it up against now. fantasy running backs. Defense against yeah. I feel like uh they, they give up a lot in the passing game to running backs. But let's uh let's see if I'm right about that because I think Barkley had like fourteen catches or something and mm-hmm. um well, I don't know. Anyone else? I no, I want to know how healthy Will Fuller was. Yeah, that's the thing. So that that's a big story here because QT had 51 yards and a touchdown on seven targets. Will Fuller had two catches for 15 yards on three targets, and he played 96% of the snaps. Will Fuller, uh, QT played 71% of the snaps. That's uh for for me for somebody who's big on Will Fuller has Will Fuller in some leagues. That's mm-hmm. a little nerve wracking that QT has now been good two weeks in a row, 100 yards the previous week, and um, could and could he, take away. He, I mean, we just talked about how Houston can't block anyone. 
QT right now is running more of the types of routes that a quarterback would target in a situation where he's running for his life. Right, where you've got to go and work around Get that bad of offensive quick. line. Yeah. yeah, he's going across the field, working in the slot, and he's got speed to boot. Um, all right, so that's, yeah, that's our summary. I do, are we basically down on Will Fuller or are we in the wait and see mode? Wait and see. Okay. Yeah, I, I think you're probably still starting him this week. All right, well, I hope. The streak is over though. Maybe the price goes down on FanDuel. Maybe we'll throw Will Fuller in our lineup against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, we'll have to take a look. And now is your, listen, this is important people. It's your last chance. To get a $20 bonus on your first deposit on FanDuel.com slash FFT. Starting tomorrow, Wednesday the 10th, it's going to be a $5 deposit, which is fine. That'll still get you into our weekly contest, which is back to a $5 contest this week. But if you want that $20 bonus, if you're a new user, you haven't made a deposit yet on FanDuel.com, go to FanDuel.com slash FFT, make a deposit, and get 20 extra dollars. Do it today, or do it tomorrow and get that $5 bonus. But... That's the URL you want to go to, fanduel.com slash FFT. So there are two things you can do there. You can get the $20 bonus. You can join our $5 weekly contest. There was a free roll last week. It's back to five $5 this week. Um, $5 at fanduel.com slash FFT to compete against us. Oh, man, stupid Falcon stack really screwed me over last week, but maybe we'll go back to them this week. Uh, FanDuel's awesome, lot of fun. Your opportunity to own players that you don't own in your seasonal leagues, that's the best part. I don't have a lot of Todd Gurley. I got Todd Gurley in one league out of ten in, uh, in fantasy, in my seasonal leagues. I can have him every single week on FanDuel. It's really fun to put the lineups together. It's really fun to talk about your FanDuel lineups with your friends and get all excited about it. Go to FanDuel.com slash FFT, join our contest, and I will beat you. To the waiver wire. Alright, quarterbacks. Oh, Dave, IDP. Let's take a quick IDP detour. What do you got? So, a lot of guys that are available in two-thirds of CBS leagues at defensive line. Leonard Williams said good games back-to-back weeks. Jets defense starting to play a little bit better. Uh, Geno Atkins is the one who we'll talk about who's the most owned at 32%. He's typically good, despite him being a defensive tackle. And Deshaun Hand. Go take a look at him for Detroit. He's actually had some nice numbers for a defensive lineman the last two weeks. Um, touchdown maker Jerome Baker with the Dolphins. He's earned a bigger role in that defense. He's available in 96% of CBS leagues. Should be good for the rest of the season. Devon Kennard in Detroit also has put up Kennard, some nice numbers lately. Baby, Kennard. Kennard, Kennard, you're right. Um, Marcus May went under the radar because he was hurt to begin the year. Last week, huge game against Denver. And Colts up next. Uh, I love him as a defensive back. He's safety, uh, the other safety for the Jets. And last but not least... Demonte Casey, Kazi. I think it's Casey. Casey. He got he got ejected earlier this year, right? He did get ejected earlier this year. Yeah, Yeah. took out Marquise. He's 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 lots of notoriety around him, but uh, at least twelve fantasy points in leagues where tackles count each of the last two weeks. Available in eighty four percent of CBS leagues. Did you say Denzel Ward? I know I said him earlier in the show. No, because you said him. Yeah, nineteen percent own. This guy is a playmaker. I mean, it's tough with cornerbacks. You know, you kind of need them to make a play, but he does make plays, and he's been awesome in three out of five weeks. Acceptable in one week, and he had a bad game against Oakland in week four, but that's fine. Denzel Ward, 19% owned, awesome rookie, defensive back for the Cleveland Browns. And Avery Williamson, did you mention Avery Williamson? I did not. He's actually 33% owned, so you might not be able to get him, but he has eight, six, and seven tackles 
Jets linebacker in his last three games, eight, six, and seven tackles. So a solid, uh, dependable IDP player. All right, now it's time for the quarterbacks. Jameis Winston, 49% owned. He's got nice weapons to play around with. He's got the Falcons. They allow the third most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Four straight quarterbacks have scored 27 or more against the Falcons in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. Then it's the Browns. Well, we'll worry about that later. But we want Winston for the Falcons. Are there any uh, high-profile, or for the Falcons game, high-profile quarterbacks you are sitting for Jameis Winston this week? Heath, this is you. This Ro- is your time to shine. Most of them. He's, um, he's, a, he's a top five for me. I'd sit Deshaun Watson. I'd sit Roethlisberger and Dalton. I'd sit Goff, Rivers, Wentz, Luck, Cam. Okay. Yeah. Wilson. Maybe, maybe I'll work my way. Yeah, there I'm with you on all those two. Now, do you oh, feel yeah. like Jameis Winston is a must-own for the rest of the season or just for this week? I feel like he'll be a top-10 quarterback from this point forward. Okay. Yeah. So now, um, speaking about the rest of the quarterbacks, if you're desperate, Drew Brees on a bye, uh, Matthew Stafford on a bye, we got Baker Mayfield, 62% owned, and he's got the Chargers this week. And like I said, they allow the ninth most fantasy points quarterbacks. Then the schedule is just incredible for Mayfield. At Tampa Bay, at Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Atlanta. But for this week, is Mayfield a top 15 quarterback? Not for me. Okay. Um, Eli Manning with Philadelphia coming up. Philadelphia has only played two road games. They've been bad against Fitzpatrick and Mariota in those two road games. They were bad against Eli last year. They were bad against Eli twice. 800 passing yards in two games against them last year. Yeah, he threw the ball a ton in those games, but yes, that that is that happened. I, I would rather have Baker Mayfield on my roster as a bench quarterback, but if I need to start one this week, Eli's my second favorite streamer. Yep, that's exactly how I wrote it. But Same I also way. don't want to stream. I, I mean, he's not a top 12 guy. Right. No, he's top 13 guy. So let's say Cook and Cup, Cooks and Cup don't play and the Rams are at Denver. Would you start Eli or Goff? I'd still start Goff. Eli. I've got Goff higher. Okay. Um, tr- have you seen the Broncos run defense? <laughs> yeah, but have you, have you seen Eli Manning? <laughs> yeah. He's got 23 <laughs> points in two of his last three games. He does. And you know, look, he threw two picks last week, but they threw the ball downfield. He started taking some shots. I'm so happy that Odell Beckham called out, called him out because now we're gonna. Get, it was a great job by Odell Beckham. Trubisky, Trubisky, they're, was still, a, they're still gonna win the division. <laughs> they gave Ben help. Yeah, it's a bad division. Mitchell Trubisky, Miami is his opponent this week. They allow the second fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks, but Trubisky is coming off a 55 point game before the bye. He's 42 percent owned. Do you feel any need to own Trubisky rest of season? No. Two quarterback leagues, 100%. Well, okay, fine. But other than that, one quarterback leagues, no. Yeah, I mean, if if you're in a league where Jameis is owned and Eli is owned and Derek Carr is owned, then I would start him this week against Miami if I had Drew Brees on a bye. Wouldn't you rather have Baker? I'd rather have Mitchell Trubisky. I'd rather have Baker. Okay, and we got Case Keenum. Again, like, you got to be. I don't know how desperate you have to be because the Rams, they've been terrible the last two weeks against quarterbacks. Three weeks. Three? Oh, no, Rivers Rivers. had 21 points. Yeah. That's that's terrible? Well, I mean... Come on, son! Just in terms of their overall production allowed to quarterbacks, yes. It's eight touchdowns, no interceptions the last three weeks, yes. Um, I believe for the Rams. Pretty sure that's right. Mm -hmm. And uh, C.J. Beathard has had two solid games. 23 fantasy points, 20 fantasy points his last two games. He's at Green Bay on Monday night. 
So with Keenum and Beathard, you got guys who are going to be chasing points. But let's be honest, most of our fantasy owners are not going to be relying on those guys. Drop candidates, Alex Smith, Blake Bortles, Derek Carr. Um, what about Carson Wentz? How droppable is Carson Wentz? You know, just playing it week by week. He's got the Giants this week on Thursday. I'd rather have Jameis. Oh yeah. Yeah, alright, but well, let's say, let's say you don't have, let's say you can't get Jameis, or let's say you want to get a running back. I mean, how droppable is Carson Wentz in general? 10 team leagues, if you want to drop him, you drop him. Should have done that before the season started. But he's got 23 fantasy points in each of his last two games. Yeah, I, and I, I don't should think get should, better. Yeah. I, I don't think you should, you know, it's not one of those, ugh, I'm sick of looking at your face, get off my team kind of drops. It's, well, I want to go pick up one of the stud running backs off waivers this week, and the most likely drop candidate that won't get picked up so fast would be my backup quarterback. That's Wentz, so bye, Carson. And don't drop Andy Dalton. I know we had a bad game against the Dolphins, but we love the schedule. Pittsburgh at Kansas City, Tampa Bay, then a bye, then the Saints. So four good matchups in the next five weeks, of course. With yeah, and just in, in defense of Andy Dalton, he didn't, he averaged eight yards per attempt. He had a bad fantasy day because his team scored two defensive touchdowns. Yeah. Um, to the running backs. So there are three guys who are owned in more than 65% of leagues that we haven't mentioned. Um, we could throw in Naeem Hines, uh, no, who's, uh, yeah, Hines, 66% owned. But the three that I was going to talk about, Javoris Allen, 79%, Tariq Cohen, 79%, Bilal Powell, 77%. Um, who's your favorite there? If you saw J- Javoris Allen, Tariq Cohen, Bilal Powell on your waiver wire, I'd go after Cohen first because I think he has the most upside from week to week. I'll go Bilal. Uh, I think Powell, Powell would be third for me, believe it or not. It was Powell, Cohen, or who? Javoris. Buck Allen. Buck Allen. Uh, I go Powell, Cohen, Allen. The reason I don't say Buck Allen, by the way, just so everybody knows, is because just in case you're looking for him on your waiver wire and you can't find him. His name is Javoris, spelled it Javorius, but I think you know that by now. Um, so are any of those guys, Tariq Cohen or Powell or Allen, better in your mind to pick up than an Eagles running back? No. Maybe over Sproles, but not over Clement or Smallwood. Yeah, I was just thinking of the top two guys. Right. All right, so Smallwood, Clement, Alfred Morris, we've talked extensively about them. Other running backs, Naeem Hines. Again, when they trail, he's had five or more catches in four or five games. He had one catch at Washington, and as I recall, they were they were leading. That was they were not playing from behind in that game. Uh Ronald Jones had ten carries in week three, comes off the bye to get Atlanta this week on the road. Ronald Jones. Mike Davis, twenty one carries without Chris Carson two weeks ago, twelve carries with Chris Carson, sixty eight yards and a touchdown. Um this week. Uh, last week, excuse me. So Mike Davis is available. Latavius Murray is available. He's got Arizona. Alfred Blue. I'll stop there. Let's let's talk about Hines, Ronald Jones, Mike Davis, Latavius Murray, and Alfred Blue. Hines is a must start in PPR, but he probably falls behind a couple of these guys for me in non PPR. Which ones? I mean, are we talking on a week-to-week basis or who's going to be good the rest of the jo- season? Jones is not somebody you want to pick up to start. Jones is someone you want to pick up, similar to what you said about Baker Mayfield Heath. It's somebody you want to stash on your bench just to see what happens because if they come out of their bye week with a new quarterback and a change in some philosophy by any stretch and he becomes the featured guy ahead of Peyton Barber, he could be better than the Eagles guys. He could be better than all these guys based on pedigree. It's a huge leap of faith to say that. But yeah. if you're just looking to speculate on talent and it's a good offense. They just haven't run the ball with any level, a level of success. 
But if you're just wanting to stash somebody after you try and get one of the Eagles running backs, I would try and stash Ronald Jones. Well, that would he could also be a beat the waiver wire guy because Atlanta's defense is so awful. Like if he just catches the ball, he's going to be good. Can now, it be a beat the waiver wire guy on the waiver wire show? I, that's, I don't know. It seems like it. it's kind of the purpose of the show. Yeah, I'm not well, sure. We got 17 running backs here. I, Ronald Jones is 33% owned. I'm going to guess he's below 40% owned going into Sunday. Yeah, but uh, I, 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 I own a lot of JHI, so I'm, I'll be dropping him for, for Smallwood, for Clement, if possible. Um, but I definitely will put in some, some claims for Ronald Jones. Uh, you know, like, like if I, if I don't need to start someone this week, I'm probably going to pick up Jones over Certainly over Latavius Murray, but over Mike Davis probably. Right, like if you need somebody for this week, you'd rather have Murray for sure. If if Cook is out and Blue, and Blue, if Miller's out. But if we get to six seven weeks from now, you're gonna be, man. I wish I picked up Ronald Jones. I get you know maybe maybe am I not giving Latavius Murray enough credit because like Dalvin Cook, maybe he plays this week. I don't know, but maybe this injury stifles him all year. Is, is Murray a must-own guy, you think? It's a great matchup for him against Arizona. The Vikings have proven this year that while Cook is out, they're not giving Murray every single carry. They're using their undrafted running backs mixed in with him. And I'll go back to what I said on Sunday and all last week. I think Minnesota is a passing team now. Um, yeah, it appears that way. Yeah, so Mike- I I like Murray. I don't love him. Mike Davis also has a great matchup. The Raiders allow 5.1 yards per carry to running backs and the fourth most fantasy points to running backs. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's going to be Carson who's the better one of the two, obviously. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, do you think you get 12 carries from Mike Davis? You could. Yes. Eight to ten. All right. So, look, you might get like a floor of four or five fantasy points and maybe a touchdown. Who knows? Um, Deontay Foreman's a stash. Jalen Richard. How much better is Naeem Hines and Jalen Richard in PPR? Significantly, because Hines gets that workload on a weekly basis. Yeah, I think there will be weeks where Richard is very similar to him, but I don't think it's this week because I think it's probably a pretty close game with Seattle. Okay, well, here are the catches by week for Jalen Richard: nine zero six three six. Um, for Hines, it's like five or more in four out of five weeks. Uh, also, Frank Gore. I mean, Frank Gore, is he a 12 carry a guy game at this point? It's what he had last week. Week before he had 11. Frank Gore? No, no one's excited about Frank Gore. Deeper leagues if you're stuck. Yeah, the problem is the Bears allow less than three yards per carry to running backs. The few, second fewest fantasy points to running backs, so it's a bad matchup. Kyle Juszczyk involved in the passing game. Uh, he's 1% owned. Uh, Marlon Mack, I, I, I don't know, I don't, I'm not sure if you were planning on writing about Marlon Mack, Jamie, he's 62% owned. No, I wasn't. I ignored him on purpose, because he stinks. He stinks? Yeah. Can't stay healthy. Well, if he can't stay healthy, that's for sure. Again, I mean, that's, that's to me is like a Ronald Jones category type player, Marlon Mack. You're wishing and hoping, but if you just lost a Jai, and you need to burn a roster spot, it's not the worst idea. Yeah, I'd like, I hope they wait two more weeks and then he's a full go at Oakland and then he gets a bye to recover from that game. <laughs> uh, well, I hope not. I hope he plays this week. You can drop a Jai. You can, I guess, if you need to, you can drop Geo. He's out one to three more weeks. Jamal Williams, Peyton Barber, Duke Johnson, Rashad Penny. These guys are droppable. To the wide receivers. 
All right, so I got three guys who are owned in more than 65% of leagues. Are they must-owns? Keelan Cole, D.D. Westbrook, Tyler Lockett. They are not must-owns. Lockett has proven to be big player bust. I think you could say the same thing for Westbrook. Cole has been a disappointment, man. I thought he'd be so much better. Um, just the the target share. I thought the breakout game was going to be against the Patriots and that he'd be a floor of eight fantasy points the rest of the way. Shame on me for trusting a Jaguars receiver, but you know, Moncrief has had good games and uh Dee's had a couple of decent games along the way and it's going to be a different guy each week. Bortles I don't think can support multiple receivers on a consistent basis. I still think and there are some guys that I'm excited about having on my roster on the waiver wire. For the most part, I would start these guys over the receivers you can get on the waiver wire this week. You would start Cole, Westbrook, and Lockett over Godwin, Sanu, or MVS? I mean, I, I'm excited about the potential of Chris Godwin, but we're actually gonna, we're gonna have to see it after the bye with Jameis too. Mm-hmm. And there's still three wide receivers, Cameron Brait there. So, I, I don't feel comfortable starting him this week. I want to own him. I want to have him on my bench. I don't want to start Chris Godwin. I do. I don't mind starting him. Um, how risky is it to pick up Marquez Valdez Scantling? Ten percent. I, I lowered him a little bit on the list I gave you, Adam. So he's uh, like fifth or sixth. Right, because we don't know how long this is going to last for. He made good on this opportunity against Detroit, but Allison's on the way back. He'll play before Scantling. And Cobb will play before MVS as well. So if you're if you're prioritizing him, it could be a waste of a waiver pick. Uh Kiki Cutie, Chester Rod Chester Rogers. Okay, yeah, I think underrated here. Two straight games. Very much so. Eight catches on eleven targets. Right. So he's Indianapolis's slot receiver, but he's not a great one. As you if you watch the game against the Patriots, you saw dropped a big pass. Um it couldn't come up with a touchdown on another throw from luck. Um, he's one of those guys where he needs to get that consistent volume. And he needs to make sure he doesn't drop passes anymore, otherwise he'll lose his job. But as long as he's in that slot role, again, another team with some offensive line issues, and Luck's throwing a ton, so by virtue of those things, he's going to get a lot of work. And he's got a great matchup, provided he stays in the slot against the Jets on Sunday. The Jets have allowed 100 yards to a wide receiver in four or five games this year. And yeah, Chester Rogers, two straight games with 11 targets and eight catches, 66 yards last week, 85 yards in week three. I, I uh, struggle with four. him and Ryan Grant. Oh, he's better than Ryan Grant. Yeah, they have the same exact number of targets, same exact number of catches. Grant has more yards this year, and he's the only one that scored a touchdown. But the recent production has certainly started to swing in Rogers' favor. Grant had the big yeah. one and has been disappointing ever since. It, he had two more targets last week. I, I, I go back and forth on it. I think there's a good chance that we're saying Ryan Grant's the better one in week six. Could be. Dante Moncrief had 76 yards on 15 targets, six catches at Kansas City. They're at Dallas this week. Um, is he their best receiver? Not could. in terms of, of who he is, but production-wise. If he gets 15 targets, he is. Or 10. It's another week. Well, what was it? What, two weeks ago? It was five? And he had five catches, right? Or am I low on the targets? Uh, he had five targets, five catches, 109 yards, and a touchdown against the Jets in week four. Dante Moncrief. So two good games in a row. Two touchdowns. Three of, three of five good games. I mean, the season. last the last three games are exactly what Jacksonville is right now. Because three weeks ago, Keelan Cole led a team with nine. Two weeks ago, Didi led him with not 13. Last week, Moncrief led him with 15. It's another week, though, where I think that there are these wide receivers who are just barely owned. 
I mean, Sanu's 41% owned, Godwin's 49% owned, but QT, 38, Valdez Scantling, 10%, Chester Rogers, 9%, Dante Moncrief, 16%, and honestly, all of the, all of, not many of the guys that we talked about last week were good. At least usable. So, um, other guys that we haven't talked about yet. We talked, Dave likes Robbie Anderson this week. Christian Kirk is 20% owned. He's at Minnesota. I don't know. I'm not, you guys buying in yet or still deep leagues for Kirk? Deep leagues. Uh, there, there's one guy I forgot to mention just cause, uh, a lot of guys obviously. Uh, Taylor Gabriel, 19%. Ah, yeah, um, yeah. I would, uh, in, in the rearranged order that I have in here, I, I would put him fourth on the list behind, um, Godwin Sanu, QT, and, uh, ahead of now Valdez Scanlon. He's gonna be bigger in PPR than non because of the volume that he gets, but he, a lot of short targets that if he can't break away for a long gain, he'll be disappointed with the yardage. So I like him better in PPR. Yeah, that, the targets have been fantastic. The targets have been, and the catches have been too. And he had a deep target. He, he had a deep target in that in every most recent game. And he was when he was in Atlanta the deep Who, Gabriel? guy. Yeah. He gets like one, maybe two every week, but most of them are short. He's also facing a Dolphin secondary that they. That I, I thought the Bengals did a great job moving AJ Green the slot to avoid Xavier Howard, and uh, you would assume Robinson will get the most of Howard this week. Okay, uh, we got Christian Kirk, Cameron Meredith. By the way, that whole last conversation was about Taylor Gabriel. Cameron Meredith, who had a nice game last night, but is on a bye. Traquan Smith, three catches, 111 yards and two touchdowns, but on a bye. Antonio Callaway is 50% owned. You like him better than Rashard Higgins? Well, Higgins is probably, uh, he's definitely out already. He has an MCL sprain. Ah, so, right. um, the way that I'm phrasing it in the column, and I would just look at it this way is if, if you're looking at the Brown schedule and they do not add anybody, then Callaway is going to get back in the good graces, yeah. I would assume, of the Browns coaching staff. But they're most likely going to sign Rashard Matthews this week. So if you want to take a flyer on some receiver in a deeper league, look at Rashard Matthews in case he does sign by Wednesday. Most likely the transaction will happen today, though, uh, Tuesday. Trent Taylor, EQ St. Brown, Rashard Matthews, David Moore, Josh Reynolds. Anybody uh, putting in claims for Trent Taylor, EQ St. Brown, Rashard Matthews, David Moore, Josh Reynolds? If Cooks and Cup were both out this week, then I think Reynolds would be a good guy to have. You but, have been on the Reynolds bandwagon. And it's never paid off. <laughs> um, but I still think he's a good, good receiver. I, with a great opportunity. I, at some point. the reports we got on Monday was that neither Cooks or Cup had any symptoms from their concussion, which makes it seem like they're probably going to get through the protocol. Tight ends. Evan Ingram, David Njoku, and Greg Olson are owned in more than 65% of leagues. Ingram, Njoku, and Olson, who would you prioritize there? Olson. Nope. Ingram. <laughs> Yuck. Yuck. Uh, All these guys Olsen. stink. I'll, I'll take the one who has played better the past two seasons than the over-the-hill tight end that can't. Ingram's played better the past two seasons? Evan Ingram? Better than Greg Olson? So in, in his rookie year? No. This year and last year. Yeah, I mean, Olsen was, Olsen was really bad last year when he came back from the foot injury. Right. I don't know what's happening. He really had two good games, including the playoffs. Uh, but the other games, like, he didn't, he didn't have more than like 27 yards in his other like five games or something like that. But I would rather have Cameron Braith than all of these guys. Well, if you're streaming, that makes tons of sense. Cameron Braith over Greg Olsen? It's like, I, I was a little concerned about Olsen coming into the year because of the injuries and whatnot, but gosh, their receiving core is so bad, and, and they've got to throw to him. I don't know if they have to. 
I, I hope they do. And I think that there's, like, I, I can't start him this week and I don't like carrying two tight ends. There's like, we just talked about 75 wide receivers to add and 15 running backs. Yeah, right, right. So here's the thing. We don't know if we can start Greg Olson yet. If he goes through three practices, then what's the harm? We just, it, it sounds like he could come back this week, well, but I'm not sure if he's, it, it, the, harm the right is thing to do. Re-injury but, risk and the fact that he has one game with more than 33 yards since 2016. Right. Which is why I'd rather have Evan Ingram on my bench. Two games technically. Waiting for him to come back. Because he, he did it in the playoff. He had 100 yards in the playoffs. But if we're comparing Olsen to Brait this week, I think I like Brait better. But, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, Olsen, I, I don't think we can just write him off as a guy that won't play this week. I may view Brait differently too. I, and as, for as long as OJ Howard is out, I think he's a top 10 tight end regardless of who he's playing. Sure. Uh, what, what about, what about Hooper? Uh, would you start him over Olsen if Olsen plays? Yes. I would. Yeah, I, think I mean, so. Hooper, we, we talked about it, you know, missed, just missed a touchdown two weeks ago, had 12 targets, nine catches, 77 yards last week at Pittsburgh. He, he is a guy that lets you down when you, when you count on him, but, uh, tight end is tight end. Hayden Hurst, CJ Uzoma, Jeff Swaim, and Ryan Griffin are on this list. Uh, discuss. Okay. Ting. <laughs> I mean, Uzama now gets you know another tight end out of the way because Tyler Croft is hurt. Yeah, he's my he's my favorite of this group for this week. I, I hope that we see Hayden Hurst's activity ramped up a little bit this week. Mine too, uh, but I still like Swaim. I like the role that he's got in this Dallas offense. All right, DSTs. So I mentioned Houston. They're seventy four percent owned. Um, have the Niners been bad against DSTs the last two weeks? Because Beathard's been a lot better. The the Chargers nearly had two defensive touchdowns against them. That's true. Char- okay. So and now they may be down Moncrief. They're down another running back. I mean, I I know Alfred Morris has this great opportunity, but it's Alfred Morris in Lambeau. Yeah. Monday night. Seahawks I, at Oakland. Cowboys. Cowboys against Jaguars is pretty interesting to me with how beat up the the Jaguars D line is. The number three O-line. DST O-line. in O-line. fantasy is still only 40% owned. The Browns. Ah. But the Chargers have just been so efficient. They have been, but road game going east. Maybe, but the chart, you know how many teams have had 10 or more fantasy points, DSTs, 10 or more fantasy points against the Chargers this year? I would assume zero. Zero is the correct answer. Well done. Thank you. Um, but they play a lot of crappy defenses though. The Chiefs, the Rams. Um, the Rams are from the Browns. The Rams were not a crappy defense when they played them. Well, they were. Why? They've been a crappy defense all season. The Rams? Yeah. The Rams can't rush a passer. I don't know if they're a crappy defense, though. I mean. They have a lot of, they have a lot of big names. They just have been a crappy defense. I, I don't know. I thought the first three weeks they were pretty solid, and then Tlaib got hurt. Peter's playing hurt. Well, they had one game against the Cardinals. Would you they like to know where out. they rank? I, I show that they No, because they, they were crap the last two weeks, so. All I know is Philip Rivers had an okay game against them. They are ranked fifth. Among DSTs with 60 fantasy points, one point more than the Jaguars. And I also think that they scored the Rams. 14 points. The Rams. 14 yeah. points against the Chargers. Their, their DST has played well. Their, their, um, defense is Their horrible. DST the last two weeks has been horrible. Right. But they, but they, that the, uh, the Chargers 10 points stats. It's such a useless yeah, discussion. Not um, speaking of useless discussion, Jamie's three kicker streamers are Ryan Suckup, Cairo Santos, and Cody Parkey. I like Emi Fairbear. 
He's every, been good. Every week you seem to like him. And nobody adds him. I like Mason Crosby, guys. Oh, you're back. looking for the bounce back? <laughs> Narrative. Uh, hey, yeah, you never know. You can steal some points. Uh, you got a revenge game for a kicker, too. Oh, who's that? Cody Parkey. Ah. And Jamie <laughs> writes uh, 5,000 words a week on kickers, so check it out. CBSSports.com slash fantasy. Get all that kicker advice. All right, we'll read your emails tomorrow. We'll say we got team name Tuesday. I got one email tomorrow. Uh, yeah, but what's it say? What's the subject? The, sub- the subject is gotta go. Back. Garoppolo, bye. Uh, for Dave, for Jamie, for Heath, I'm Adam. Uh, na 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 na. Yeah. <laughs>